Welcome back to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. Uh, I am Michael Katz, uh, Ole Miss beat writer for the Daily Journal, and I'm here with the wonderful Stefan Kreischnick, who's back from a little uh, trip out of state, and he, he's, he's ready to get back into the SEC grind. Stefan, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's, it's good to be back in, uh, in Mississippi and in the SEC land. I was back home in the Chicago area and, and visiting Bloomington a little bit. Uh, during the bye week and uh, ready to, to get Alabama week going here. I, I, I must say, I'm a little upset that you weren't here for my fine bomb appearance. That, that was a big moment for all of us. And by all of us, I mean myself. Yeah. I was supporting from afar. I saw the messages and I saw the, the tweets and stuff, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's a shame that your big appearance on fine bomb comes when I'm trying to ignore SEC a little bit I couldn't I couldn't that day I had to, had to support you so but no that's awesome it was it was cool to see that um and then deservedly so your your Matt Corral story was really good and I'm assuming that's kind of the tie-in to why he wanted you on and um and then it was cool to see that man well deserved no thank you it's I, I wish that my technology had cooperated a little behind <laughs> the curtains here um everything went wrong right as they called me um I have this brand new webcam I bought for this. I, I was on FaceTiming my sister the whole day. I was like, like, how does it look? So I cleaned everything, hung different things up to see what looked best. Like just this whole, like I was so ready, right? right. They call me and the call won't go to my computer. It'll only go to my phone and my iPad. So I pick up, I'm like, hey, like, I hate to be like a pain, but like, can you guys call me back? And I, I need, I really want it to go to my computer because like I've been, practicing this like all day right. they're like, yeah there's no worries so they call back still doesn't go through they're like all right well we got 40 seconds and i was like oh my god like what do i do like this is a this is like my biggest fear right right like my moment just totally technology at you know tim cook screws me <laughs> over right so i just like open up my ipad and like my angle I have like eight chins in my 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 fine bomb interview but it worked and you know <laughs> the content of the interview right um, all that matters. I saw too our our friend Ben Portnoy uh, was on SEC Network. I think the next morning or something, and I think he also had some technical issues. So um, it's it, it, it's it's a rite of passage apparently if you're on ESPN. Yeah. Just something. I know going. now. I know now. I know for next time to make sure that literally every piece of technology is ready to go just in case it doesn't go my way if I ever make an appearance. At one point, I yelled "best laid plans," and they didn't laugh. And I was like, "Oh, I thought it was funny." <laughs> Uh, it was, I was just like yelling into the void, but a, a, a heck of an SEC weekend, obviously Mississippi state uh, was off, but uh, Ole Miss had a crazy one. We'll get to that, but I think the one we need to get to first is Texas A&M and Alabama. The game that I believe both of us said Texas A&M had zero chance. Um, I, I would like to um, apologize to all Aggies out there. I'm, I'm really stupid. That was not, that was not a good look on my part. Yeah, it's it's very interesting game, and I, I take zero shame in saying that Alabama was going to blow them out because everything that the Aggies had done to that point led you to believe that they were going to get blown out. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, yeah, Mississippi State played really well against Texas A&M, but for a few weeks, and including in, in parts of that Mississippi State game, Texas A&M just didn't look like a good football team. Zach Lozada didn't look like he was like the, the quarterback that they needed. I mean, it, you could tell that they were missing Haynes King throughout most of the season because he's been out since what week two halfway through week two um they, they just haven't haven't looked like a good football team and everything that they've been doing wrong the, the weeks before that 
uh, particularly in that Arkansas game, they were doing right. I mean, their running game was going. Gilzada uh, looked like a really good quarterback for certain stretches, had the iconic, you know, his, his statue moment of getting injured, looking like he was done after completing that touchdown pass, running back onto the field. Um, but, but overall, it's just like one of those things where it, it was a great college football slate overall Saturday. I mean, maybe probably the best of the season. And maybe I just say that because I wasn't, you know, working. So I got to like watch all the games, um, including the game you were covering. And it was just an incredible slate of football overall. I mean, the NFL slate was really great uh, Sunday, Sunday as well. And uh, you, you just kind of sit back at the end of that game and you're like, this is what it's all about. Like, this is what SEC football and college football is all about. It, it, it's games like this, a team where it looks like they're dead to rights with, with their season, ends up drawing their second biggest crowd of all time. It was like 106,000 people, I, I believe it was. And, and just to, to have that moment and to watch that. And I don't know if that moment would have felt like that in 2019 or 2018. Um, but after last year and the, the circumstances of, of COVID, and, and what was stripped away from college football last year to have that moment, like nationally televised and be watching that from wherever you were watching from, um, you know, wh- whether you're, uh, it's probably hard for Alabama fans to say this, but I think most everyone else around the country would probably say like, that, like these are the moments that regardless of who won that game, you, you kind of nod your head and you're like, this is, this is what it's all about. And it was so cool to see, you know, them storm the field and the pictures are just surreal. The video of, um, Texas A&M's kicker's family and girlfriend and everyone reacting um, to the moment was incredible. Probably one of the, the coolest videos to come out of the weekend. I mean, just overall, it's like one of those games where, like, when we reflect on this season, I don't necessarily think Texas A&M might, you know, is back in the playoff picture. Or, you know, Texas A&M could be still a bad team, but they had that moment. And it's one of those games we're going to look back on at the end of the year and be like, yes, I remember that one. I remember where I was while I was watching that one. Um and it was just just a cool moment to see. And Alabama is human, so. <laughs> I I think my favorite comment uh, about Zach Calzada on that one was he went from being out for the game to all of a sudden running like a three point eight forty yard dash. He was like the fastest yep. man on earth all of a sudden. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I I pretty frequently cold take myself, but you know, obviously I had the early game and I wrote this is the this could be the SEC game of the year, and then twelve hours later. I was already, it was already, it already, I had already, it had already expired, but, um, right. you know, as, as what you, you, you talked to Mike Leach today, what was, what, did, did you guys got to pick his brain about like how that win kind of looks for Mississippi state now? I got to imagine they're probably feeling pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, the first thing he said was he was asked by uh, WCBI's John Sokoloff about, um, you know, watching Alabama lose to an unranked A&M team. I know some people probably had A&M ranked. Some people didn't. You know, whatever. Rankings are weird. And the first thing Leach said was, you know, um, wh- whatever person thought that there's 30 teams better than Texas A&M is out of their mind. And he said that one day when he's in our shoes, he'll tell us exactly which teams are worse than Texas A&M. But I don't think he wants to publicly say that right now. But I, I, I do. I mean, for Mississippi State, it looks like a huge one right now because a it makes A&M look better. Um, and I know there were some arguments on Twitter of, hey, you know, if A&M made that jump back into the rankings, should Mississippi State be ahead of them with, you know, the same record and having, having beat them? Or I should say, uh, not the same record, but same amount of losses, just, um, you know, more, more games played for A&M, so more wins there. Um, but it, it's kind of just, 
it's fascinating how, you know, the rankings just work themselves out and what, you know, a win mean. I mean, it was a good win for Mississippi State. I, I think regardless of ranking, going into Kyle Field again, the win is a huge is a huge deal on your resume. I mean, regardless of what, what A&M season looks like, I think that was going to be a good win on, on MSU's resume. It looks much better now, and it looks like, hey, you know, that, that actually is a good Texas A&M team. And that's a really impressive win for Mississippi State. And you kind of start looking at – I know they were receiving votes in the latest rankings, and you kind of start looking at those the really irritating losses for Mississippi State fans that lost to Memphis, the lost to LSU. And you're kind of saying, you know what, maybe like what Leach was saying about his team being inexperienced and young and making mistakes is actually true. And with experience and time, um, Mississippi State has proven that it's probably a team that should have won those games. And um, it's kind of fascinating to think about. I mean, if MSU had done what it was supposed to do this season, they're probably a top 10 team right now if they're 5-0 and with the resume that they have. Um, so that's, that's kind of fascinating. And I'm sure state fans will love hearing that and thinking about what could have been by this point in the season. Um, but no, it, it's a win that looks a lot better right now for Mississippi State, um, and it's going to suck when you get a bad Alabama team or a mad Al, not bad, not bad Alabama. I hope Saban, I hope Saban doesn't hear me say that. That's I know he's a, he's a big justify <laughs> your existence listener. Um, <laughs> I meant Nick. I meant to say mad Alabama team, not bad Alabama team. <laughs> oh gosh! Just a reminder that you can follow all of our. Uh, Daily Journal's coverage on Twitter and in the Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreishnik. And you can also check out the Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz on Facebook. A lot of really cool exclusive content there. Um, I, I, I do have to ask, my biggest takeaway other than the fact that my game was really drunk, and we'll, we'll get to that, is Tennessee good? Um, like that no. thought went through my head. <laughs> I say no because I don't think South Carolina. Is well, good. yes, that's where I'll hold it. But Tennessee has been moving up my uh, power rankings recently, which is kind of surprising. Um, you know, we we I think we felt both felt pretty good about Kentucky probably pulling it off against LSU, given kind of where LSU was, but. Kentucky beat them up pretty good. Um, right. I, I don't think we can. I don't think we can be surprised by them anymore. I think Kentucky is a really good team, and I know no one's giving them a chance against Georgia because Georgia is by far the best team in college football right now. Uh, right. I, I, I think – No I think, love for the Iowa Hawkeyes, man. Wow. No love I'm for the Big Ten. Sorry. <laughs> as, as, a, as a big Big Ten guy. No, I was, I was really good. I did have a moment where I thought about them in the playoff and I threw up a little bit. Um, <laughs> but – how how good do you think Kentucky is? Like, I know I think they're ranked 16 or 15, whatever it is. Do you think that they're a top 10 team? Because they feel like they might be a top 10 team. Yeah, I mean, every sign points to it right now. I mean, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. The, the South Carolina game is really the only game that I could think of off the top of my head where I was like, you know what, they didn't look that great. But that's a tough environment early in the season. I mean, it's just like, I mean, we saw in the Alabama game, anything can happen in the, in the SEC and sometimes you stumble upon a team that you struggle against. Um, no, I think I think they are a top ten team right now, and um, and and you know there's never a good time to play Georgia because Georgia's always going to be hot. But Kentucky's pretty hot right now too. And if you know you you'd rather be playing them when you're hot than, than when you're not. Um, you I, I've been I've been pretty high on Kentucky throughout most of the season, um, and I think right now you know I I think. I say hesitantly that they can compete with Georgia. I think playing at Georgia really doesn't do them any favors. 
Um, but I think Kentucky can compete because I think they're legitimately legitimately a good team. And Kentucky being Kentucky and LSU being LSU, the talk, of course, after the game is Ed Orgeron and um, him being left on the tarmac. And then <laughs> it's, it's getting closer and closer each week. And you think back and you're like, damn, if, if they had lost to Mississippi State, where would uh, Ed Orgeron be right now after the way this season's going? I mean, there's a legit chance that they go 4-8 and eight this season, which is just incredible to think about. Um, but LSU aside, um, I, I think that game was more about Kentucky. Like, I think Kentucky is legitimately good and kind of played maybe a little bit with a point to prove. Like, people kept bashing them on who they played at that point and how they looked, you know, and stuff like that. They, they were on a mission to prove something. And, and Stoops is uh, kind of building a little bit of a monster. I know he's been building a monster for a few years now, but, it like, they had a drop-off last year. I think people doubted them a little bit. And they've come right back and done what Kentucky's been doing for – the better part of the last decade. And I think people overlook that a lot. And they're probably the most underrated team right now in the nation. I'm, you know, I can't really think of a team off the top of my head. that will be falling that more underrated category. I mean, they're, they're legitimately good right now. I think better than, better than a lot of those big 10 teams that are in the top 10. I'll say that. I think <laughs> Iowa and Penn state and Ohio state are good, but then like, I'm not really bought into Michigan. And I think Kentucky could beat Michigan right now if they were to play. I mean, this is all hypothetical, but like looking at the standings, it's like I don't know if you're like Kentucky deserves some of the respect that some of these Big Ten teams are getting. Yeah, I mean, if if, if they're competitive with Georgia, I'm not going to ask them to win because that's a pretty tall task right now. Given right. how they just humiliated Auburn, um, it's a tall task. But you know, I, I've doubted them the whole year. I'm I'm not going to do that again. I think they'll put up a fight. Uh, do you learn anything about Auburn this weekend, or are they kind of they? I feel like they kind of are what they are. Yeah, Auburn just is is what they are and I just I don't know I mean maybe they'll compete for six wins and get a bowl game I mean there's there's a good chance of it but I I just I just I can't I can't get myself to buy in on Bo Nix I just you know they're fine Auburn's fine they'll be what they are I just I it, it's a combination of Harston and and Bo Nix I just can't get myself to buy into and maybe separately they could both be decent even though Bo Nix wasn't without him but I, I just can't see it right now, man. I just, I, I can't get myself to buy in. And maybe I just need a, maybe I need like an Auburn fan to like talk me into it. Like give me like someone with like orange and blue, like face paint, like in my face being like, we're Auburn and Cam Newton was at the game. Um, I mean, the, the biggest, the biggest moment in that game was Bruce Pearl taking the shirt off for me. I mean, that was just all timer. The whole scene of Cam Newton wearing, you know, the usual Cam Newton outfit, and then Bruce Pearl and his team all just shirtless. And then Madison Pruitt in the middle of it all, former Bachelor contestant. Like, it's just so much to take in. And you kind of forget that they're Auburn and the football game was not great. But um, they have that moment. And I enjoyed that moment. I thought that was a funny moment in college football. And if, if Auburn fans want me to buy in, give me more of that scene, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I love Cam Newton because he just is slowly morphing into the Riddler in terms of his outfits. And I'm, for one, am absolutely here for it. I, I think he should keep wearing crazy hats and keep going to games and, and put himself out there. I love it. I love um, it. Just remind you, you can follow Just Fire Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast. Stefan, I got to ask, did, were, were you able, did you watch any of the Ole Miss Arkansas game? I know it was, it was an early game and, uh, it, it, boy, was it weird. I, I, I want to get your thoughts before I, 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 I give you mine. Yeah, I watched, I watched most of it because I, I switched over to the Ole Miss game 
um, after the Oklahoma Texas game looked to have been out of hand. Um, so pretty pretty quick. Texas back. With Joel Miskin. Uh, no, never, never will be. Yeah, um, but I switched I switched over to the Ole Miss game pretty quick. Um, I, I mean, I think I, I've gone on here and I've talked in the past about, you know, the fact that I, I think Ole Miss is actually a good team. And I think Matt Corral is a lot of fun to watch. I mean, probably one of the most exciting players in college football. And that's probably an understatement at this point. Um, but that was just I didn't I didn't think Arkansas could play and compete in that type of a game. Like, well, like if you told me Ole Miss scored 50, what was it, 52 points. Like if you told me Ole Miss scored 52 points, I would say, damn, you know, Arkansas, that doesn't like, I would say Arkansas probably competed, but probably still lost by like 20 because I, I didn't think Arkansas could put up 51 points. Then I remember the Ole Miss defense and I said, oh yeah, I mean, anyone could put up 51 points if they really try hard enough. But I, it was just, you take a couple of those games every year and like, you probably look at it and you're like, you know, those defenses look pretty crappy in that game. But on the flip side, you're like, that's really fun and a lot of fun offense. I love, I loved Arkansas going for two at the end. I've always been a supporter of that because I saw it work for Indiana with the stretch play of Mike Penix. So I'll be biased on that. I think the way the offenses were, the way our Arkansas's offense was playing, I don't know why you wouldn't go for two. Like, did you, did anybody really doubt that Arkansas could get two yards in that, that situation? I mean, I, I thought that they were going to get it. It was just kind of a crappy play call. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really fun game. I was jealous of, uh, of you getting to cover that. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a point at this, you know, in the season where Mississippi State does have a, a, a 50-pointer, but I don't know if Mississippi State's defense could give up 50 points. So I don't know if I'll ever cover a game quite like that. Maybe the Egg Bowl, <laughs> to be honest, because it's fitting that it would be like that. Um, but no, man, Ole Miss, is, Ole Miss is fun to watch when the offense and Corral are clicking like that. Um, and they, they can win games like that when their defense is bad because they have Matt Corral. And so, I mean, some of those throws he, he made, um, I mean, John Sokolov, I mentioned him earlier, but he just posted a video he had of the one dime where, I don't know, what was it? He threw like 60 yards just on the fly. And then the receiver made a diving catch, like at the one yard line or something like that. Like, that's just like, there's, maybe like what two guys in college football that can make that throw <laughs> maybe not anyone except for corral like that was that was just it, it was a fun game because of plays like that just going back and forth i mean i assume at, at one point we i mean admittedly i know we like to start writing a little ahead of time because we want to beat our deadlines and everything like that i'm assuming at one point you had to just like hands out the keyboard like just let this happen and then start writing <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 at one point I, I turned to Parrish and I said, man, I'm really glad this wasn't a night game because yeah. I'm going to be honest, man, I, I've had 15 different leads and 15 right. different storylines here. Um, <laughs> also, there was no doubt in my mind that Arkansas was going to convert the two. Like, I, I was just like, okay, like, I know how this goes. I watched these, this entire game. Like, there's right. no way they're not going to pick up two and a half yards or whatever. And right. I think if they had run the ball, they probably they should have run the ball. You know, they, they, you know, they had 350 freaking yards. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot, a lot of people not too fond of Ole Miss's three-two-six defense uh, these days. It's, it's showing some literal holes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's it, 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 it's an interesting week on the message boards uh, for for the Ole Miss defense. A lot, a lot of coaches out there thinking that, uh, you know, they, they they know better than than DJ Durkin and, and Chris Partridge, but. What do you what what do you think it was? Because the defense didn't look terrible before that Arkansas game, like uh, maybe against Alabama, but Alabama's Alabama. Like I mean, I, I think the Louisville game is what sticks out, where everyone was like, okay, this defense can be really good. like not just good, but like pretty good. 
Um, what was it against Arkansas that, I mean, was it just the running? Like, could they not just stop the run? So I, I think Lane put it really interestingly today. He basically said, like, watching Arkansas, it was almost like looking in a mirror, just in terms of, like, the tempo and how they just tired them out. And, like, Kendall Bryles is their offensive coordinator, and he's a really good coordinator. And, you know, he was he was mixing it up. And, and you know, if, if you look at the runs that, Arkansas had like they're they weren't getting touched to like five yards down the field I mean they were wide open lanes and one I think you know the 326 maybe isn't super conducive to stopping the run I mean you load it up in the back end you're, you're trying to stop the big pass plays which also didn't work right. um, but you know um, I I think it was a combo of them getting really gassed and them not having a lot of depth they, they don't play a ton of guys and uh, you know, they're not super beefy up front and uh, against a team like that where they want to run it down your throat and they're going to do it with tempo. It was a pretty devastating combo. And, you know, KJ Jefferson is, you know, just brought up Cam Newton. He's built like Cam Newton. That dude is massive. Yeah, he's um, big. He does not go down easy. And, you know, when they've got a receiver like Traylon Burks, who's able to make the spectacular catch on, you know, a couple of deep balls. Um, but then again, you know, KJ Jefferson had all day to throw um there was not the, the only time i remember getting pressure on him was on the very last play on that two-point conversion when they got mm -hmm. in his face and there's a reason that pass sailed in <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you put pressure no right um and, you know other than that katie jefferson was literally just standing there for a lot of that game and uh, you know, uh, again, I, I know it's hard to take away stuff from an Alabama game because Alabama does this to pretty much everybody. But Arkansas, I, I thought maybe it would revert back to what we had seen kind of against Louisville and that it was it was a bit more solid. But, you know, looking around the press box, literally everybody was just saying, oh, my gosh, like this is last year's defense, the one that gave right. up like 40 points a game. Like we're just right. this. It's like a, it's like a, it was a sick joke. Like it just was, it was, it was going back in time to when it, when things were so bad on defense and they missed a lot of tackles. They, you know, they, they I mean, it was a really sloppy defensive game. I, I don't, I don't think anybody would, would say otherwise, including Lane Kiffin. Um, but, you know, when you got the dude, he can put up 52 points and answer every single call. And Matt Corral answered every single time. Um, Man, they, they are they they are chaos. Like they are the chaos team. Um, they are just going to do this. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Cole Kublik said Mississippi State was the weirdest team, and I still think that's probably true. But <laughs> I, I think Ole Miss is the chaos team. Like they are just so frenetic, and their defense is so all over the place that they are going to get beaten. These and I think the Tennessee game. Like we'll get to that in our next episode. I think that could be a weird one too. I think Tennessee is going to score a ton of points because. Uh, it seems like most people are scoring a ton of points on Ole Miss right now. Um, yeah, that no, that's actually – I think it's going to be one of the more interesting games. I, I would not have ever predicted that Ole Miss and Tennessee kind of be an interesting game, but I, I think it kind of builds up to be just because of the way both teams have been playing. I mean, Tennessee's offense has looked really good. Like, not just like – not just like against bad defenses. Like, they're just – their offense just looks good. I mean, South Carolina's defense is not terrible, not to the point where you would think, you know, Tennessee could do that to them. And you know, against a team like Ole Miss, um, you, you'd expect them to do that even even more. So it, it definitely builds um, for a game that's probably more interesting this week than I would have thought it was, you know, a week ago today. Like, it's it's building up for, for a pretty interesting one. And, and, you know, hopefully it's fun. You're going to hear Rocky Top literally a million times. 
Have you ever been to a Tennessee game? I have not. I've heard Knoxville is a really cool place. I'm excited to go out there. I've never been to Knoxville. The only time I've covered a Tennessee game is when they played Indiana at the Gator Bowl 2019, I think it was. Um, and, like, like I, like, I kid you not, you're going to hear Rocky Top <laughs> so many times. Like, at any moment, I don't think they'd play any other song. And, like, they do it in basketball, too. I covered a Tennessee um, against Oregon State in the open round of the NCAA tournament this year. Like, they will play Rocky Top literally any chance they get. So, get ready. It's, it's going to be stuck in your head. Like, it's, it's been two years, and it's still stuck in my head. Like, it's just, it just is. It's kind of, like, it's kind of catchy, but it just gets annoying after you hear it so many times. So, be prepared for that. That's, I think, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to experiencing. It's really funny you bring that up, because that is, like, the only song that I consistently remember from the NCAA football games. Because it even played <laughs> more there, too. Like, you know, how realistic are these games getting? I seriously remember that song playing all the time. Right. They, yeah, I'm serious, man. You're going to you're gonna be like, you're going to hear it for like the fifth time during like the pregame stuff. And you're going to be like, wow, it just does not stop. Well, if they play it after touchdowns, I think I might hear it a lot. <laughs> yes, you will. You will hear a lot. But it's it, it, from never having been in the stadium. I know the game they had against Pitt earlier this year. I remember watching that. It looked like a really cool environment overall. Um, so I think, you know, you, you, you get a packed house. And you get a pretty high scoring game. It, it'll be it'll be pretty fun. What time is that game at? Six thirty. Um, oh yeah, we both have night games this week. I forgot. I remember seeing that I had a night game and thinking, oh, well, hopefully Michael doesn't. And then I saw that you were thirty minutes later than me. I said, oh, this will be a fun night for John Pitts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It's, I hope John. Luke, I hope John Luke makes that the title. Just for your existence, it'll be a fun night for John Pitts. <laughs> yeah. Every time I get a schedule, I'm like, oh, poor John. <laughs> but yeah, one but, night, you know, we got the, we got the announcement of the afternoon game for uh, for Ole Miss LSU, and I know I think he was probably pretty happy with that. When's uh, when what, what was the what, what was the time for your game that you got today? Yeah, three three p.m. against Vandy. It's that SEC network slot in the middle that nobody's going to watch probably, but um, it's national. It's fun. Yeah, just you know, kind of last thing with Ole Miss is I I, I don't want to say that I think their defense isn't as bad as it looks because I I don't think it's great. Uh, you know. The, you know, after two SEC games, becoming apparent that that's probably closer to what they are than what we saw against, you know, Louisville, Louisville. and Austin P. Um, but I, 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 I do think that the brand of football that Arkansas played was a really bad matchup. And I think this, that's why Tennessee, I think, is going to put up points because they play at a frenetic pace as well. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's going to give them problems again. Um, you know, I, I don't think the thing – I don't think you fix – I don't know if the defense gets quote-unquote fixed during the season. I don't know if there's a wholesale – you know, what they are, they already made the wholesale change. They already switched schemes. Like, this was <laughs> this was the better option. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a little hit and miss. Their stats have kind of gone through the roof over the last couple of weeks. But, again, you know, um, they got the stop they needed, you know, at, at the very end, which – I don't think a lot of us thought they were going to get. And, uh, you know, the, the good thing is if your defense isn't great, at least you've got who I, th I think the best quarterback in the country back there. Uh, that dude is never rattled. He puts games on his shoulders. Um, he's, he's a dude. Uh, he is, he's, he's a special player. And I, I, I hope Ole Miss fans uh, realize just how good he is and, and how lucky they've been to have a, a guy like that. Yeah. Coming from a Bears fan, I appreciate when you have a good quarterback. 
<laughs> on that note, thank you for tuning in to uh, Justify Your Existence. Again, the Daily Journal's podcast, podcast by Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. And we will see you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>